0: another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm here again with Dr. Bailey, Nathan, and Jeremy. How are you guys doing? Awesome, oh. fantastic. How are
1: doing? Awesome, awesome.
0: I am doing well. Um, kind you sound of, sick. <laughs> I've still got the lingering uh, camp crud. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you me hear too. me clearing my voice, I do apologize in advance. Now, uh, Kind of a good, bittersweet feeling We're in chapter 5, which really is a very fast chapter of James But um, it's definitely towards the end of it Uh, We just finished up chapter 4 I'm excited to see uh, what we can learn and grow from in chapter 5 And we're uh, today at the first three verses So if, Pastor, if you'd like to go ahead and read those for us uh, Just... Go ahead and do that. Folks. Yeah, it
2: really comes in the form of a very, very strongly worded warning to those who uh, are seeking wealth and riches in this world. He says, James 5, 1, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. And he keeps going further and talks about sort of a different version of this, but wow, those first three verses, I mean, in your face, man. I mean, just really, really powerfully worded, strong content. And uh, the warning of replacing your spirituality with wealth. Yeah. As I mean, if that really su- suffices it, you know? Could almost
1: relate it back to a couple episodes back when we were in. James 4, the 13th through the 16th, sure. thinking very of true. what we can get now and not later.
0: Yeah, this is, to me, it's definitely talking about, first of all, sin's misery, and then ultimately the misery of greed and uh, what it does to someone who has wealth. I it, These verses definitely portrayed as a very miserable and undesirable uh, feeling.
3: If Solomon was writing this, he might say, all is vanity and, vanity vexation, and of vexation of spirit. Yeah.
2: That would be the Old Testament version of James 5, 1 through 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I things. always
0: love to go to the verse uh, in Ecclesiastes where Solomon says he's at the end of his life. Song of Solomon. Or not Song of Solomon. Ecclesiastes is the end of his life. Uh, he's an old man at this point And he says these words. He says, Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Uh, and he was definitely one that accumulated a lot of wealth. Uh, I mean one of the richest kingdoms to ever exist, if not the richest kingdom to ever exist. And at the end of it, he says it's all worthless or nothing (laughs) and and
2: (laughs) vanity and vexation of spirit. Mm. It had a spiritual impact on his life, a negative spiritual impact on his life as well. So, you know, the key here, I think verse two, uh, you know, not skipping verse one, but I think really the, the emphasis here in verse number two, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth eaten um I've shared this before with our church, and you guys may remember it. I think in the in ancient days, there were three uh, forms of currency. there was gold, there was grain, and there were garments and each of those had its own enemy. Uh, gold, of course, could be stolen huh. um, grain if you if you uh accumulated grain, it had uh, the danger of rodents. You know, if you had seed barns or if you had granaries where you where you harvested and stored all this stuff up, rodents would break in and destroy the grain. And garments, Jesus said, the problem with garments is the moth. And so, gold and grain and garments were their they were their signs of wealth and cur- currency back in those days. And uh, each of them had its own unique enemy and its own unique weakness. Hmm. Um, so the point I think that needs to be made pretty early in this passage, and I think that he makes it very uh, very strongly in this passage, is just simply this. There is no such thing as earthly security. Even It doesn't matter how much you accumulate and how much you save and prepare or, or financial planning or whatever you want to call it. Just, if you're trusting in that, you are trusting in the absolute wrong and most unfaithful thing that can be trusted in.
1: Oh yeah,
2: that's where you get verse one. If you're rich, I think the context of that means if you're rich in this world, you weep and howl. because your misery shall come upon you. You know, one cancer diagnosis and it's all gone. Even that, or just wanting more of it of what they
1: already have. They're miserable with what they have, so they want more of it, yeah. and they'll never get that satisfaction. No doubt. As a poor man, I mean, we have our fair
3: share of problems, but yep. the rich man, he has all the same problems that we have, but yet he's he's also worried about losing it all, losing all of his wealth.
2: Yep. You know, Solomon in Proverbs, he talked about uh, his ambition was to be a middle-class man, and that's coming from the lips of a wealthy man. And he said, I would much rather be a middle-class man because – uh, he put the two opposite ends of it in comparison and he said if i was if i was poor i'd be tempted to steal mm-hmm. if i was wealthy i might get arrogant and proud and uh, so he he talked about the ideal condition of being in the middle class being able to trust god but still you know have enough uh have enough security to to know that you the fruit of your hands is paying off right yeah. the sowing and reaping process and all those types of things um, but verse two, I think it's just so convincing. your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth eaten they got stolen, or the moth crept in and the only solution there, according to uh you know the rationale behind the verses, the only solution is you have to have a twenty four hour seven day a week three hundred sixty five day a year surveillance. On your gold and your garments and your grain to make sure there's no rodents, to make sure there's no thieves. To make what kind of a miserable life does that make? Yeah, you know you can't. That's just, that's that's a paranoia, constant and unceasing paranoia. Always looking over your
3: shoulder. Something yep. interesting. Who's after my money. Hmm. Something interesting in verse three. Um, it says the rust of your silver and gold. Will be as a witness against you, and that kind of reminds me of how when uh Christians are witnessing and they reject it you yeah. shake the dust off your feet and God collects that as evidence yeah that will be brought forth in the
2: day of judgment well you remember the old um uh the old story that got turned into a movie the Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge, and uh you remember the the <laughs> what was it the ghost of Christmas past and mm-hmm. the, the ghost of christmas present the ghost uh-huh. of christmas future that came to visit him and uh a lot of that people you know what is that charles dickens uh-huh. classic you know and uh, a lot of that stuff uh, people don't realize you know was was based on some of these bible verses you know because at the end of, at the end of that that story uh scrooge was vexed by his wealth you know he saw the wealth as a curse that needed to be distributed and gotten rid of and and you know put in the hands of someone else you know it's been mine too long it's 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 been heavy on me too long it's time to get rid of this heaviness and it is strain. you know one of the things that too you know comes to mind for me in this passage of scripture is you know it's not just the man and the money but think about what this does to his family you know uh here's scrooge you know he has this wonderful um family and they're all enjoying the christmas season and here he is he's a miser and he's he's off in the corner somewhere you know uh counting every cent that he has left and uh he's missing the point you know he's missing he's missing out on the reality of of uh, of a fulfilling life uh because he's had to ostracize his family and when his nephew remember comes in that movie his nephew comes banging on the door all he wants to do is invite him over mm-hmm. but scrooge is so paranoid that he, uh, he even rebukes his nephew. Yep, uh,
0: <clears throat> Jesus actually talks about that as well with the rich young man that comes up to him and says, oh, these things. Jesus says, all right, well, this is what you have to do. You know, the Ten Commandments. He's like, these things I've have, have done for my youth. He's like, all right, well. And then he attacks the real problem. He says, go sell all that you have give it to and you give it to the poor. And, and what, is, what does the following say? It, it describes the sin of the rich right here. Yep. Uh, the the misery in it. It says he went away,
2: very uh, sorrowful. Very
0: sorrowful because he yep. had much gain or much mm-hmm. possessions,
2: and that's mm-hmm.
0: that's the crux of riches. Yep. I've
1: mm-hmm. heard some people. You guys know, ever heard anybody say, "Well, they'll just bear it with them,
2: and then they'll take it with them wherever they go."
0: The pharaohs mm-hmm. did that in yep. Egypt.
2: Yep. So this is a paganism that's existed for a long time. Yep. You know, trusting in wealth. I mean, even the, uh, what was it? The Norwegians that put the two coins over the eyes of the, of a corpse, you know, so they could pay the, the boatman to carry them to the other side of the, of, of eternity and this and that, you know? So it's, it's, it's just a, it's a false assumption and entirely false. It's worldly philosophies. Colossians speaks about that. Mm. No doubt. No doubt. Mm. And we've got a front row seat right now because our president is an incredibly wealthy man, you know? And, uh, and he has all of the arrogance and all of the uh you know all of the um the poor qualities that go along with it and there's certain things about his policies that i just adore i just think he's doing a tremendous job economically in those types of areas but uh at the same time you know i look at the i look at his 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 posture and uh i look at the you know he he has a very arrogant way about him you know and uh, and that in my experience, is something that only comes when you've got that uh, that massive amount of wealth backing you up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're the hero of all your stories, and you're just uh, you can become pretty pompous. And I think in some ways he's that way, but he's also a very generous man. Thank God he knows that he has got to open his arms yeah. and be generous to some people.
1: I know somebody who thinks his money-making is his talent from God, is what he says, exactly. <laughs> so this he's, because uh, I guess he, I don't know, he... Wow. <laughs> yeah, he, it's hard to explain this story. So he, he says, when it talks about, I guess, different talents, he was reading something about talents in the Bible or something like that, and uh, he said, does that mean my money-making is my talent? I think <laughs> he, he's probably referring to... uh uh, the master gave his servants.
3: Right, talent. I think he talent, took it completely yeah, yeah. out of contents But yeah.
2: um, I've heard preachers preach that, you know, about that being speaking of some kind of a, a talent. You yeah. know, that, that God gave them, and that's to refer to a talent, which is a, a, a currency of money back in those days. Yeah. yeah. So he he about thought it was saying. his his. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly what he told me. He thought it talents. was his talent <laughs> to make money. Yeah. Some people talk about buried talents and unused talents and this kind of talent. They, that's not the context. It's not what he's of, talking about. Of what he's talking about in that passage, you know. I guess you could make some kind of an application there, but that's not. It's not exactly the way that was intended to be right. interpreted. But I will say this, you know, on on that same note from your friend there, um, there are people in the New Testament church that they're saved, spirit filled, they're plugged into their church, and they have the spiritual gift of giving. Right. And if you have the spiritual gift of giving, it presupposes that you have the, the ability to make money. Yeah. to accumulate wealth because you have to have it to be able to give it away. And, uh, and I have met, I mean, some of the most kind, tender, loving, compassionate, and most effective Christians I've ever met in my life were wealthy people that gave God the glory for, uh, for, for what they had been blessed with. And they knew who, if I can say it, who was buttering their biscuit and they made sure that they took care of the church and took care of missions and, And those types of things, and they've never regretted it. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. Um, I don't know.
0: At my dad's church, we actually have uh, one of the uh, someone there that I mean, they have a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money, Um, and they're just probably some of the most giving people we ever meet. And I tell people that I'm like, you know, God didn't make me rich because He knows that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't work with me. Yep. Uh, just who I am as a person, yeah. uh, wealth would not necessarily work with me. But with some people who can give and just have that heart, that tender heart uh, towards those things, I mean, God, God's blessed them with it.
1: Yeah. It's not. I guess I mean, we know it's not necessarily bad to make <laughs> money or want no to use it because we use it for you know things like paying for our bills or buying food for the week. But when it consumes you, I yeah. think that's money when it's is amoral. That's and right. The lesson: money That's is right.
0: amoral. It's not good or evil. The only time the Bible speaks uh, very negatively of money is when he says uh, that you. Um, now I'm about to lose it. The love of money. That's yeah. what it is. The love, love of, of money. Of money, of money of becomes your focus, yeah. uh, which is in this context what he's talking about, uh, when all they can focus about their emotions are triggered by money. Uh, what does it say? Yeah. You weep and howl for your misery shall come upon you We're talking about their wealth your riches are corrupted your garments are moth eaten your gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them shall be a witness against you uh, he's really talking about the emotional effects too that they're having based rooted from the money and that's because they have a love for money uh, a love for money that's ultimately taken the place of god
2: that's right that's exactly right the love of money is what caused Cain to murder Abel hmm. The love of money is uh, greed. The love of money is what caused Judas to betray Christ. The love of money is what landed Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. So the love of money is a is a very big presence. Yeah, it's
3: it's interesting in verse number one, that the rich men are they're weeping and howling as if a family member has died.
2: And what it is is their money's disappeared. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. They find out their money's
2: vain. And then it is uh you know, I looked at this uh third verse, your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness well gold doesn't rust. And so what he's discovered here is what he has is not real gold. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and you know, he's lived for that. He has accumulated it and trusted in it, and then all of a sudden it's it's turning green. It's turning rusty on him. <laughs> and and he is uh his eyes are open to the reality. Everything I lived for has been fake and uh, and that that's what places him into such a spiritual uh really a spiritual tragedy Uh, verse three you know closes out there you have heaped treasure together for the last days it's almost as if he's saying you know i better i better stash this away or or sort of uh you know put this to the side here because when it comes to the last day at the judgment i'm going to need to be able to buy my way and what a fool all those people that build
3: bunkers and
2: stash up food. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Your money doesn't matter to God. No. That's
2: yeah. what people think. I'll no. buy my way in. Lester Roloff said you better do your giving while you're living so you'd be knowing where it's going. Now, there is a way to send your treasure to heaven. Yeah, You give, you invest in the, in the work of the Lord, in the kingdom of Christ, and you can send that treasure to heaven. Yeah. Money is a tool. Yes, sir.
0: Money is a tool. Yep. Uh, and using money properly can bring God glory and can further the gospel, but hoarding it, right? Uh, a hammer is useful, but if I never let someone use the hammer, it can't be used. That's right. Money's useful. Money has value to it. It can do stuff here on earth, but if you just hide it and bury yourself with it, I mean, it has no use to it.
2: None. Very dangerous. And it's not neutral. You know, you were talking about it not being Moral or immoral, but being amoral, it's the same way. It's you know, money. Money is not a neutral thing. You know, it influences people. Uh, you know, so somebody uh, they come into a lot of money. I remember this, this happened with with me <clears throat> when I was uh, um, you know years ago. I was pastoring in this um, you know, very tragic case. This young lady, she had a baby, and they, the baby got sick. Took her to the hospital. The hospital really just bungled the the treatment, and the baby died. And so there was this huge settlement, you know, this financial settlement. And this girl's name was Cindy. And uh, and she got several million dollars from the hospital. And the first thing she did, you know, you talk about m- money and its effect on people. The First thing she did, she went out and bought everybody in her family a BMW.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, she uh, financed a house because she didn't have the down payment, the ability to do that. And then it's just dope, parties, living wicked, drunk every night of the week. And, you know, it's the prodigal son, Luke 15 story, where all the friends are coming over, you know, because she's, you know, all drinks are on me, and she's financing the, uh, the um, lifestyle of all these people. And it didn't take long. It was gone. It was just gone. Mm-hmm. And she was going back to the relatives and saying, you know, can you sell that BMW I bought you and loan me? this money and today she is destitute completely and entirely destitute and so coming into a lot of money really really fast has never been god's will you know god has a way of making money it's called w-o-r-k you do it incrementally you don't make more than you need you make what you need to be able to feed your family and be a blessing to your church and be a blessing to a poor family and that's it we're not supposed to be hoarding and accumulating Unless it is for the purpose of serving the kingdom of Christ, otherwise it becomes a, a testimony against your soul. I think it's exactly what he's saying. Uh, you know that that rust and that canker worm there is a testimony against your soul in the day of judgment.
3: Dave Ramsey talked about this a lot, especially for young people. Um, you need to learn how to do without if you want to have later. That's because right. if you if you go out and you try to get what your parents have. That took them thirty years to get, and you try to get it within two, three years, you're gonna mess
2: yourself up. You have to pace yourself. Hmm. You have to, you know, you drive an old beater, you drive around in an old car, and you just, you pace yourself. You drive what you can now, so that you can do better at a later time. You know, if you get it all at one time, you know, and 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 the really the the litmus test here is the lottery winner. You know, what is it now? Like ninety three percent of people who win the lottery, wind up dying <laughs> prematurely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and losing everything that they have, going bankrupt, uh, because it's never been God's will for you just to have this big influx of income all at one time.
3: I'll never forget that graduation speech that you gave uh, to our seniors this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You, It was, you get wisdom. Yeah, And, man, everybody yeah. needs that nowadays. It's hard to find
2: a wise person. Yep. That's exactly right. So good discussion. I'm looking forward to next week, too. I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. You going to close this for us, Jeremy? I will.
1: All right. You can always find these episodes on uh, YouTube. We've got every single one of them listed on a special playlist. You can go to YouTube and type in Brandon Baptist Tabernacle or Cherishing Scriptures Podcast. They're all listed there, but with also... With a bunch of other great videos uh, Definitely check out our church site If you want to interested in joining in Brandon Baptist Tabernacle All our times are listed there um, All that good stuff so. Hopefully by then we'll be on, uh, yeah, on Podcast well, That's in the works Hopefully we'll be on Google pretty soon And iTunes we'll have other ways of listening So you don't excellent. have to That's excellent. Be able to download it and listen on the go I love so. it Let right. we pray it out again? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Father, thank you for allowing us to come together again um, to read and study your word. I pray, Lord, that if anybody is listening that doesn't know you, they can come to know you today. Um, and I pray that you uh, take this message that we've talked about today and spread it further than any of us can can, um, just by po- uploading. Um, and I thank you for everything in your name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks, guys.